0: Hi there, Steve Kaufman here. Today, I'm going to talk about public speaking. Remember, if you enjoy these videos, please subscribe, click on the bell here to get notifications. So, uh, first of all, I think public speaking, uh, in your own language is an art. Something that the ancient Greeks and Romans were particularly good at, or at least it was a very important part of their, of their lives, whether as lawyers, defending a client or debating in the Senate or whatever it might be. And so they developed a certain set of rules. Uh, I think public speaking is a wonderful discipline if you are learning another language. So if you are learning English and I know many people who listen to me here, they listen in order to improve their English. Uh, and I think that's a good idea. And of course you can study any of these videos at LINK, uh, and learn the words and phrases and expressions and so forth. But, uh, there are public speaking clubs, uh, Toastmaster clubs, this kind of thing in all kinds of places around the world. Sometimes even in English, even in those places where English isn't the native uh, language and preparing to give, uh, you know, to talk in front of people is a wonderful way to build up your capability in a language. Now, I, um, was learning Swedish. This is quite interesting. I was just thinking about this subject, public speaking, the importance of public speaking, and I remembered that I didn't know when, but quite a long time ago when I was really into learning Swedish and I was traveling to Sweden for business, for my lumber business. And I would always go to bookstores, and I would buy, you know, books in Swedish, and books where I could find the audiobook. Uh, this was a long time ago, where we didn't have the ability, like right now, to uh, go to uh, YouTube and uh, import things to Link or Netflix, or uh, you know, even to find audiobooks and eBooks that uh, are matching and where we can import them. I think as I have done for Polish and for Ukrainian and and for other languages, these things didn't exist. I had to buy an ebook, book uh, excuse me, I had to buy an audiobook, and then I had to buy the book and read the book and, and uh, look things up. So in Sweden, I bought this thing called Praktisk Praktis Rhetorik by Jöran Haig. I was able to buy the matching CD so this was tremendous fun for me the only uh, problem was that there were words I can see now as I look through the book that there were words that I underlined that I didn't understand but um, or I wanted to remember like de at." in other words it this means so I wanted to get some of this phrasing uh, so uh, so, you know, I'm so underlying some of these things. So it was part of my Swedish learning, uh, experience, but it also taught me about public speaking. And in fact, I had to give a speech to the Swedish, I can't remember what it was. I think it was, they have, a um, in, in Karlstad every year. The Swedish timber trade has an international conference where, uh, suppliers and customers and people involved in the timber business from all around the world come and they asked me to give a talk. So I said, fine, I'd give a talk. And so then I referred to what I had learned here. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, I can, you know, not many people listening to me speak Swedish. And there's not much point in quoting this in Swedish. And I was curious to see. If by any chance this book had been translated into English, so I Googled Juran Hag, practice rhetoric, and lo and behold, I found an article that I had r- submitted to a self-help website in 2007. Uh, the website was called Pick the Brain, and there it is. It says. And nail your next presentation with these classic principles of public speaking, November the 5th, 2007. So that is 13 years ago. And at that time I was obviously we were starting link and we wanted to generate some traffic and I was out there trying to get guest posts on people's blogs and stuff like that. But I'm going to post a link to this, uh, in the description box. Uh, but I point out many of the things, this is a very good book. I'm, I'm just disappointed that it's not available in English. Uh, I should have actually checked to see if it's available in, uh, in uh, e- ebook format so that it can be imported into link along with the audio, but he references the Greeks he rep- and Romans. He represents, you know, uh, 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 you know, Churchill or, or uh, modern people who are good at, at public speaking. And he does sort of hit on the highlights, which I'm going to do for you now. And I'm going to cheat by, uh, you know, going back to what I wrote uh, back then, 13 years ago. So, you know, you be, they, and they had terms in the ancient world for the different parts of your presentation. So it begins with the exordium, which is sort of the introduction. And uh, as he points out in his book, like many people are concerned about how do you start the speech? And he says, it's really not very important. The start of the speech is all about just getting people to like you. And so therefore, if you spill your your water, you know, glass, or, or you notice some people in the audience that you know, um, you know, especially if you're visiting, like if, if I was up in, in Karlstad, then I might say, Oh, it's nice to be, be here with Bengt and with, uh and all these friends in the Swedish timber industry to create some connection. That's really all you want to achieve. Get them to like you and also establish that you have some authority in the field. So, you know, in, in my example, I would have said, you know, that I'm happy to be here amongst these friends and that, you know, I have been in the timber trade for whatever, you know, 30 years. And I can't remember if I was talking about Japan or what I was talking about, but I would like to establish the fact that. Not only am I a nice guy cause I spilled my water, uh, and I know some people in the audience, but also I know something. I know what I'm talking about. So I'm somebody you should be listening to. And that's all you do in this exordium, which is the first part of it. So I then say, having earned the listener's sympathy and convinced them that you are someone that they might believe or trust. Now you tell them what you're going to talk about. So this is the narratio, the narration. You, here is what I'm going to be talking about. Okay. And there's a little more detail here in this article. And you, so you, you spell out the details of what your, your presentation is. Now, where I was watching earlier the, uh, the, uh, discussions in the, in the U S Senate, and of course the speakers are trying to make their case and stuff like that. And so you present the facts, the story, the narration. And so that's the second thing after you've gained their sympathy. That's part number one, then part number two, you sort of tell the story that you've got to the details, the story. Then the next is supposed to be what they call the refutatio, where you come and point out the counter arguments. So you present all oh, of this as we, we think this, that, and the other and stuff, but then what about the counter arguments? What about this? So you present these counter arguments and of course you destroy them, you know, these counter-arguments can all be easily refuted. So you refute, you put these uh, counter-arguments up there and then you just bang, you bomb them. And then the last part of the presentation is what they call the peroratio, which is where you make a final emotional appeal. Okay. So basically that's it. You begin by making people like you and uh, establish the fact that you are someone they should trust and believe. The second part, you explain, the, or sort of you, you provide the narration. Here are the facts. Here's a story. Here's what I think is important. Here's the cause that I'm trying to persuade you of. Then in the third part, you put up potential scro- counter arguments and destroy them. And then you end up with an emotional appeal. And uh, I found that when I have a, a talk to give, If I have some kind of format like that, that I can slot my ideas into, it's easier to prepare the speech and I know where I am leading the audience. They don't know what's coming. I do. And I find that gives me a sense of control over my audience. I know where I am leading them at every step of the way. Now, each one of these sections can have parts to them. You might have, for example, I had my experience in Sciences Po in in Paris at the, uh, Political Science Institute, we were taught to have these balanced exposé, you know, first part, second part. So in presenting your ideas, you could have part one and then you can have, you know, you can expand on it a bit. And then of course you have the counter argument. So there's different ways you can refine it, but the idea that you have an approach that says, here I am, I'm a nice guy. You should believe me. Here's a story that I have to tell you. Here are the counter arguments and they hold no water. And here's my final emotional appeal is a format that I have found to be very effective and it gives you confidence. If you know what it is you're going to say and how you're going to say it, it helps you organize your ideas and it gives you confidence. So, um, with that, you can find a reference here to the article that I submitted back in 2007, if you want to explore this in greater detail.